0: Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real-life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. You're listening to the Create What You Speak podcast on webtalkradio.net. My name is Sloane Fremont, and I'm your host. And today I'm excited to have back one of my favorite guests, Dr. Erhard Vogel, for our monthly conversation. Erhard and I meet monthly to talk about various topics, and it's always a very interesting conversation. And if you haven't heard our conversations in the past, I'm going to put the links in the show notes because they're definitely worth listening to. There's so many bits of information in there that um, are amazing. So just, I'll just tell a little bit about Erhard before we get started, and then we're going to get into today's topic. So Erhard is recognized as one of the foremost meditation and self-realization teachers in the world. He has traveled the globe researching ways people in different cultures seek fulfillment. He's taught amongst the Himalayan sages, and he founded the Nataraja Yoga Ashram in San Diego. His most recent book is called A Dialogue with Death, The Teacher of Life, an Ancient Story for the Modern World. Erhard, welcome back to the show.
1: Well, thank you, Sloan. I, I look forward to our conversations.
0: I know. Every time we have these conversations afterwards, um, my mind is always spinning with all these different thoughts and different ways that I'm. Yeah. I feel like I'm uh, opened after our conversations. Maybe that's the way I would describe it.
1: Ah, you know what just occurred to me when you did the introduction uh, is that there's actually a sequence to our sessions because you are, uh, I must say, you're always very well prepared <laughs> and you respond to what I'm speaking about in our conversation and it has become more and more progressive in terms of like what we talked about the first time i remember you asked about what i meant by reality and so on you know and so there is a progression that i think could be very very interesting for uh, a careful listener they could actually gain a lot for their life
0: Yes, I agree. And that's how it is feeling to me too. Each, each conversation is building on the last. Uh huh. And so today I want to do something just a little different. Maybe it's still going to follow that progression, but I want to start the conversation a little different. Sure. So Erhard sends out pearls of wisdom every week. And what I love about your pearls of wisdom, and for those who don't know what those are, aren't signed up, you can go to Erhard's website, which I'll link in the show notes and make sure to get signed up. Um, but what I love about these is so few words, you use so few words, and it's such a big statement. There's so much to think about in, in your pearls of wisdom. So the one I wanted to start out talking about today was back from the beginning of February. And it, the, the sentence was, examining the falsity about yourself does not necessarily have you live in truth. Huh.
1: That's, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's so and I'm going to read it again just one more time because there's, there's a lot here. Examining the falsity about yourself does not necessarily have you live in truth. And so maybe let's start out by talking, maybe what does examining falsity about ourselves mean?
1: Okay. Um, hmm. <laughs> I think when we talk about examining human beings, they usually, well, we're meant to examine ourselves. We're meant to know whether we are living in a in a conducting our lives in a way that is fulfilling to us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And for that, some examination is required because what does fulfil me, or right. what does only give me a momentary thrill and then disappointment? Right. 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 It's that's a very uh, important, but very fundamental question to ask. What does fulfill mean? Mm -hmm. And so there's a certain amount of discipline involved. Like, you know, not to come up with superficial answers because uh, that's not fulfillment. The superficial stuff is not fulfilling. Like I said, it just keeps you feeling empty afterwards or disappointed, you know?
0: Yes, and we all know that feeling where we've tried to make something... Be fulfilling that wasn't right we've lied to ourselves maybe and try to make something it's not
1: Uh, you know in my you've read my book the Uh, dialogue with death the teacher of life
0: yeah i'm still in progress yes (laughs) not completely (laughs) slow reading like you like you directed
1: Right, a little bit at a time because mm-hmm. it's it has so much in each paragraph, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it Sometimes does. Sometimes in a sentence, you know. but And I have it the, here
0: with me because there was a part in the book that I wanted to talk about with this. Oh, time. great! I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll save that.
1: So the basic premise is in of the story. This is like a saga, right? Mm-hmm. And the basic premise of it is that a young man is given the opportunity to ask the three most important questions that if answered and understood and lived by him would fulfill his whole destiny. His whole life, his destiny, his meaning for being, everything else would be fulfilled, Mm -hmm. right? So that's almost like, you know, that story we have about the, the genie in the bottle who promises, let me out, and I'll fulfill your three wishes. Mm -hmm. So you need to be smart about that because you want to have wishes that are the the absolute highest and best that you can have, right? Right. Well, first of all, you have to consider that you deserve the best.
0: Mm,
1: Yeah. Ah. Yeah because a lot of people don't live like they deserve the best they right. don't conduct their life in ways that allows for the best to even occur to them or come to them
0: right, right. and right. in one of our first our first interview you said there was a phrase you said about loving yourself enough to yeah. uh, and and that's it, that reminds me right here loving ourselves enough to believe that we deserve the best right there's that element of our own right. allowance
1: and to allow to love yourself sufficiently to start paying attention to yourself. Right. And to begin a relationship with yourself. Right. Now, this sounds funny to a lot of people. I, a relationship with myself? Well, (laughs) I mean, I'm going off into different directions now, but this is all part of it. Right. Relationship with yourself means that your mind is actually relating to you, because your mind is an instrument By which the experiences from outside, as well as the experiences within, are are brought to you, to experience, not to some distorted, distracted organism out there that isn't you. Right. Right? Right. But there comes, here's another problem then, that we need to enter is, who is you?
0: Right? When we talked about that. Who that is. Right, right. (laughs) Right. And I ask you, who is Erhard Vogel?
1: (laughs) Right. And I'd say to you, I'm the being that I am. Right. But that doesn't say, doesn't answer, it might answer you, but not a lot of people. Right. But the point is that, forget about that answer. The point is that when you want to to define the being that you are, you do this for yourself, not as a test question or something. Right, right. But it's to, to have the the focus of direction come forth from you, the direction for your life. Right. So who is this person to whom you want to attribute your life, give the experiences of your life, and so on, right. and from whom you want to go forth to relate to other things in your life, including other people? because. If you relate as a false identity to, let's say, your loved ones, they don't get you. They get the false identity. Right, right. And and you don't get their relationship then either. Your false identity will. Does that make sense or is that?
0: No, it does. And and to me, it feels like we have all these overlays over us, almost like a Venn diagram, right, of these these labels maybe we've put on ourselves or we've accepted by other people. And I know exactly. for myself, I was doing a meditation last week or something. And, um, I was, there was something that kept coming up for me about the disconnect between my mind and body. Almost like my mind was a balloon floating out in the air. And it was so disconnected from my body that I wasn't able, like we're talking about having that relationship with ourselves. It almost felt like two pieces of the same person. If, if that makes sense, right? And well,
1: well, you know the whole just with the mind relating to you. I I just thought of an example of a lady when I was talking in one of my students in class years ago. She says, "Well, I think I know what you're talking about with the mind not being with me." On on the way to class, I was sitting in front of the light, waiting to change so I could come. Mm-hmm. You know, make a turn, and it occurred to me. How did I even get here?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we've all done and, that, right?
1: Which means that the mind the mind may have been involved in the task of the driving, but it was not relating to you. Right. The mind was absent. Right. So we have that term, absent-minded. Right. Right? So then the experiences that you're going through are not brought to you. They're brought right. to something else. Right. Right? So that's how most people live their lives. They are not being attentive to themselves,
0: right? And when you talk about the, having the relationship with yourself, then if you are absent, mind, absent-minded, if your mind and body are separate, are separate, then that's very difficult to have a relationship with yourself, right?
1: Almost, it's yeah. nearly impossible, right? And then it's not just the mind. How about your your feelings? Right. How many people do you know that are not very much or at all in touch with their feelings.
0: Right, right. And feeling even maybe scared of their feelings or, I mean, these are things I can relate to for sure, is wanting to avoid feelings or putting blocks up so I don't have to deal with the feelings, right? There's a lot of games we play with ourselves. Right.
1: So the result is that you're not only avoiding your feelings and your mind avoiding you, is you're not really experiencing you right. being in this right. life. Right, right. Wow, and let's, how let's can that Let's take that for a be?
0: minute. Let's, let's, can you repeat that again? Because that's so powerful.
1: So it is not only your mind being absent to you or you being out of touch with your feelings, all of which are giving you life experience or mm-hmm. being in this moment experience. Mm-hmm. When they are not relating to you, you're deprived. Yeah, you're, you're left out.
0: You yes, see? I do. And then we're going outside of ourselves even further, trying to find the answers, right? We're looking for someone else or we're looking for acceptance here. No, and No,
1: we're looking for the for the uh, for the connection. Yeah, because you see yeah. the basic, the fundamental, just decent, <laughs> practical connection has to be between our instruments of life and mm-hmm. perception and right. expression of mind, feelings, emotions, senses, intellect, and intuition, between them and ourselves having that connection. Right. When that connection is absent, we feel nothing but lack
0: yeah.
1: and loss. Yeah. And I often point out, you know, I traveled on foot for four years right. through the world, living mm-hmm. with people in all mm-hmm. over the world, or at least many parts of the world, and I've seen, been in the most impoverished countries where people you know were lucky to have a meal a day. And right. when I came back here after four years, looking at people like just walking through the streets in the town or city, mm-hmm. looking at people, you their faces are they bright and alive and happy to be, or are they mostly depressed right. or anxious or angry? right it's the latter
0: right for sure or
1: or blank i don't want to show any of this yeah but i also don't want to be seen right i don't want to be seen and i don't want to be connected with you know
0: and that's so so interesting to me as we've talked through these things and reading through your book it's so it's we we're seeking the thing that we say we want but then we I I often ask myself, do I really want what I say I want? Because I'm oh. doing, I do things to stop me from the thing that I say that I want. And I find that fascinating, that it's this, this mental argument we get in with ourselves or we, I don't know. What do you think?
1: I think that's an amazingly important perception. Do I really want what I think I want? Yeah. Uh, and from what you is just saying, the answer is no. You don't what want, because you already answered it. You're not getting what you want. You're right. not going for what you think you really want. Right. You're going for something else. Right. And so, for again, so that we're coming back to that basic question, mm-hmm. what is it that I really want? For this, you need to know what you really want, but you also know who is it? That will really be satisfied. Whom am I trying to satisfy? Yeah, yeah, you know.
0: Yes, that's an excellent point because, again, often we have these overlays, these voices that are we grew up with, maybe or who knows things that happen to us. And I found, at least within myself, that sometimes I react in ways that I can feel are things that happened when I was a child, and they're things that don't even bother me, but I can remember growing up, and let's say, for example it bothered my mom. And so that event happens. And then I, I think I should be mad about it because my mom would get mad about it, right, but I'm right. not really mad about it. If I stop and think about it.
1: That's right, right.
0: so, I don't know. It's, uh, there's so many things in that, but I want to go to your book really quick because when we think about, again, talking about this pearls of wisdom back from February, examining the falsity about yourself does not have, does not necessarily have you live in truth. In the Mm -hmm. very first page of your book, when you talk about how we are conditioned to regard ourselves as severely limited, separate from the whole and isolated, this false way of identifying yourself is called ego, and it's the root cause of all your suffering.
1: Yes. So it's a false identity. Right.
0: Right. Right.
1: And, And so it's the root cause of all your suffering because of what we were just saying earlier, your life experiences are not brought to you. They're given, like, what if you were to, look at me, if you were to eat by putting the, missing your mouth and throwing the food over <laughs> right. your shoulders. Right would you be satisfied no no you eventually starve right <laughs> right right and so it is with life if we don't give our life experiences to ourselves but throw them to a false idea of yeah. who we are yeah we are deprived we're yeah. starving
0: of so life how, i totally agree and so for someone that's maybe new to this or what are some ways to ease into examining falsity about ourselves maybe if we have been resistant to it or you know we're talking about things that do cause a lot of internal or can cause a lot of internal conflict within ourselves okay
1: in order to have to be able to examine falsity of ourselves we have to have some standard of what self is yeah otherwise if you don't know the real you cannot examine the unreal that you're doing right right, right. and so and, and so this becomes this sounds like a very naughty naughty problem because in our society it's it, not knowing who you are is is hardly considered an issue
0: right i
1: right. i think i mentioned once before if you asked your your friends who are you really that you know what they'd answer? What's the matter with you? Are you okay?
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> like, what's wrong what with you? What kind of
1: question is that?
0: Right, You mm-hmm. know.
1: yeah. Where, where I consider that the fundamental nitty-gritty practicality from that children should grow up with finding the answer, developing the answer, because they're very busy developing the way they're going to conduct their lives, mm-hmm. right? Right. and actually children are busy with that you know they try to find out and so on and that's that's why i'm right now working on producing a uh, creating uh, a program that's called the joy of meditation for children oh wonderful and that i'd like to go humanity wide right you know but it's right. a giant giant project and of course it needs to be funded because uh, I'd like to like to teach it without charging, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: so that nobody is left out. Right. It's, it's such an important uh, uh, gift to every child, right. and through that, to humanity, right. that you can't pay for it. It's right. too, too much. <laughs> right. It right. would be too much. <laughs> right. You know I mean, look, imagine this. Imagine if our children were to grow up and have a simple, direct understanding of who they really are. Right.
0: right.
1: And that that has to do with empowerment and lack of limitations. Yes. Uh, and, and yet full ability to respond, i.e. response ability. Right and the ability to own their own mind and feelings and emotions yes. and have them be completely accessible to them and them enjoying u- them enjoying using them, right? right. Using it their, a, their faculties. Right. right. How would they be? They would be individuals greatly at peace.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They would be light. They would be empowered. They would be bright. Right. They would love. They would be able to love themselves because they would understand and accept themselves, which is right. the foundation of love.
0: Right.
1: They would grow up that way and would interrelate with each other and the world that way.
0: that way. Can yes. you imagine
1: what kind of a world we would have?
0: I mean, it's completely opposite of now, right? Because we, as we grow up, <laughs> a lot of times it feels like we spend a lot of time trying to unlearn all of these things. You so know? it
1: would be a world of peace and right. love.
0: Right. Completely.
1: See? So when you consider what don't, what was the question you had before? What? Uh,
0: how, how would someone, how, how do we start to examine... Really, our false beliefs about ourselves, but gently, right? right, Where this is. Okay.
1: So the answer to that is not to examine our false beliefs, not in fact be concerned about beliefs. Because beliefs are akin to opinions and momentary thoughts and so on, whereas knowledge, real knowledge, so you can't. The belief of I am this or this and this has not served us. Mm -hmm. We need to know and not because somebody, some Erhard or some teacher told you. You have to have the real knowledge in yourself. How do you have that? Through experience. Right. Only through experience can you say, I know that. Right. And so when I work with people, I'll never say to them, believe what I'm saying. I say, I think I told you before, I say to my classes when I get new students, I say, don't you ever believe a word I'm saying? And they laugh, but I mean it. Right. Right. Because belief is cheap and you can be misled. Right. But if you know, and the only way you know, through direct experience. Right. And with direct experience, you can say, I know this because I experienced this. So, Let's not focus on what isn't, but focus what we can. And what we are is inherent to us. Right. It's not something we need to become. We right. are that. We just yes. need to get it. We need to tune in and wake up to it and yes. then live it and welcome it.
0: Yes. You see? I do. And there's another section related to this that I want to read in your book really quick. Here, let me find the page. Um, this is on page 17 in Earhart's book, A Dialogue with Death, The Teacher of Life, there's a, a section here at the top where you talk about be aware of yourself. Think, feel, and act every moment as the power of being that you are. Live in the awareness of these fundamental facts. Power in, power, energy is indestructible and indivisible. You being the power of being are indestructible and indivisible. As power is indestructible, it is therefore eternal. You being The power of being are eternal. As power is indivisible, it is therefore all-pervasive, the infinite one. You, being the power of being, are all-pervasive, the infinite one. To be fulfilled, dwell dwell in the awareness of being.
1: Yes. So, these words can uh, jump through you and pass you so quickly. Yeah. And, you know, that's not how I started out by by the time you get to that part in the book, I have already explained what I mean that we are being. Right. Right? And in classes I do that in the same way. And sometimes, so right now I feel an urge to go into that about whatever I mean when I say we're being, but we're not in a setting where I n- where I can feel whether you're experiencing. I can feel whether you're experiencing, but not the rest of the the listeners right. or the audience. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I feel somewhat hesitant about going into that topic. Yeah, you know? but then on the other hand, it's the listener's responsibility to do with it what they want.
0: Right. right, and that's the you know, with us doing these monthly calls, is the intent. At least mine is that this is how we start to expand perspectives, right? By having these conversations and exposing the listeners to this. And, and as you said, they can take with it and do as they please, right? They can pick up your book and and dig into this deeper. They can listen to previous episodes. You know, there's a lot um, that we can do if we're willing to do it. And if we're willing to go there. And I think most people that are listening are because otherwise I don't think they would be listening.
1: (laughs) so let me remind all of us including myself and you and the listener um mm-hmm. uh, about a i think a general principle that is at work here we need to find ourselves sufficiently worthy right. to do the to pay the attention to finding this out right what it is who i really am right so we were already talking about why that is important because if you give your life to somebody who you're not you're not giving it to yourself right and that's the most precious thing the fact that you are being in this life is discarded right yes you you can say i know i'm in this life but are you experiencing it through all of your experiences moment by moment? That's the point. Right. And only if you can give those experiences to who you are can you say I'm I'm experiencing all of this. Right. Right. So how about okay, if we try?
0: Okay.
1: Some very basic thing that I that are kind of uh, uh, avoided. Right, because of what I just said before, I don't see you and all that. Okay, let's start with that simple fundamental concept of being. Mm -hmm. You heard me just say about you being in this life. So in that context, the word being is very understandable. You're being in this life. Right. Right? What does it mean? Being, being present, existing, living, being. Right if you weren't being you wouldn't be none of this would have any relevance at all you would not even be listening or be able to benefit from this right right so again uh, being appreciating being is part of this right so being is the fundamental thing about us without it nothing would be if we wouldn't be as far as we're concerned nothing else is because we're not there to experience anything that is if right. we are not being
0: right
1: is, is that i mean that is so obvious <laughs> that i yes
0: it, it is so it's, obvious but it's worth thinking about because sometimes you know it's 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 simple yet it's um
1: it's a ground
0: Yes, it's, found a to, ground, yes, it's a starting a
1: foundation. The foundation.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Right? Mm-hmm, yes.
1: Okay. So if we accept that we're be that being is the most fundamental thing about us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay? Then when we say we want to attribute our lives and our experiences to who we really are, we're talking about our identity. Right? right. Mm-hmm. So, to our real identity, not a false identity. Right, right. The I ought to be identity right. or the generally agreed upon identity in right. ignorance. Right. right? Yes. But the real identity that I am. That's a responsibility because it's so important that I give it to me, not some false idea about me. Right. Right? right. My life. Right. So, okay. So, we're saying being is the fundamental thing about us. So, I'm saying to you now, that is our identity. Yes. Being, Here's why, okay? Your identity is not the superficial stuff of you, is it? Would, no. Nobody would say that, right? No. It's not the momentary stuff about me. No. It's, it's the essential thing about us. The essential thing is like the basic fundamental thing yeah. about us. What yeah. is that? That we are. We are being. Right. So being is who we are. We're not a tailor. We're not a teacher. We're not a doctor. We're not a housewife. We're not rich or poor or sad or happy. We are being. That is the fundamental thing about us. All the other things can be going on, and they're not invalid, but they're not who we are. Right there are things that we may experience or do but they keep on changing
0: and i love that description because to me as it as it sinks in i feel relief in my body because i can feel this relief of ah. not trying to be be something else be something that i'm not not trying to live up to these false identities or live up to these other things i get to be and that's who i am and in like if i close my eyes and think of my body it's a release a relaxing yeah Uh, uh, so uh,
1: sloan this is important let me inject here interject uh what you just said is i've i feel it that means you were experiencing what I was talking, while I was talking, you were experiencing it. You were applying it to your knowingness, your understanding ability, okay? So in that same way, when you do live the being that you are, you have that sensation plus a billion times more all the time. You feel a sense of complete empowerment Absolute security, which is the opposite of the anxiety and fear, yes. and then the resultant anger that most people live in. You see, yes. you feel at ease, at peace with yourself. Then you're able to accept yourself being. That is the absolute fact of, of you.
0: Accept it! And that's so. um i don't know that i have the words for how because it is a feeling and it's so um no seems- stop let
1: me inter- interrupt yeah it's not just a feeling yeah it's an experience
0: yeah that yes. includes
1: your mind your feelings yes. emotions not just your feelings it, yes understanding experiencing is everything about you is engaged in that
0: yes you, and i'm in- glad you clarified that because that's for me personally how I start to disconnect with the mind and body because I'm maybe used to going one way, or I don't know, maybe something just, I don't know why I do that, but I'm glad you brought that back to it's a whole experience and feeling it Mm -hmm. in all of those ways, because that Mm -hmm. is, um, that's what we, and this is, I think just such a perfect example, because that's what we've been talking about on our, you know, our previous episodes and what we, what we're, hoping for the listeners to um, be able to do as well.
1: Right, right. So another thing that you just said about your body, right? Mm -hmm. Most people identify themselves first by their body. Mm -hmm. Who are you? I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm a mother, and so on, right? Mm -hmm. By the body. The body is momentary. Right. It is known, it's a scientific fact, that the body is a bunch of molecules dancing around in space, coming and going. Right. So it's impermanent. It's not even solid. It's an appearance. It's just with our limited perception, we see that as a solid and permanent thing, right. which even common sense tells you isn't so. We know that the body is changing. It can deteriorate. It can grow. It can do all kinds of things. It's mm-hmm. impermanent. And it's, as a solid thing or a permanent thing, it's only an appearance. Mm-hmm. Because we are not looking at it through a microscope. Right. And see the molecules dancing around in space. And the space between the molecules is is larger than than they themselves right right? so (laughs) that that blows the illusion that i am a body right okay same thing with the mind it comes and goes it's constantly changing there is not even an organ called mind it's just some energy zipping around in space right that's not your permanent identity
0: right that's just something that happens right Yes, I do see that, and I know we talked about before about um, you know our mind thinking that we are our mind, right? It's so easy to become wrapped up in that, or or even our thoughts that are created by our mind, right? It's very easy to become wrapped up and latch onto those as identities too. But what we're talking about here is hopefully, I mean, I feel it's freeing. It's freeing me. It's like peeling away these.
1: All right. (laughs) Let me let me talk to that. Okay. Okay. So you're just talking about the mind Mm -hmm. and identifying with the mind. And I said, you know, the mind is coming and going, zipping around and so on. And if you think that's you, then what does the rest of you, your feelings, emotions, and senses, think about, feel about you for something that's zipping around, coming and going and being momentary and so on? There's great insecurity in that. There's a lack of foundation in that. There's a lack of dependability in that. Right. Even the body. We know the body is prone to decay and eventual daisy pushing, right? Right. Uh, And so when when we think we know that's who we are, then our relationship with us or ourselves is deeply affected by that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I can't trust in that. That's disappearing. That's decaying. That is weak. That's so unable to do so many things, and so on, yes, that's who I am, oh boy, no wonder I despair, no wonder I get depressed, right. depressed,
0: right yeah? And what's coming yeah. up for me when you when you mention that is also these internal battles I then have with myself, because I can't trust this part of me or i'm I'm feeling you know right. scared or anxious or whatever it is so
1: right, so then conversely, Sloan. When you come to the recognition that fundamentally, and in essence, in identity, you are being. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. You just let that be. I mean, just that fundamental, it's just, to me, that's easy to perceive logically.
0: Yes. Right? Yes, I agree.
1: Being is the essential thing about us, thus it is our identity. Now, what about being? Well, being is not an organ, what is it? It's an energy. It's a yes. power. It's the power to be. Yes. Power is energy, right? We we all have the power to be. Right. Because we are. We're being. We're being. Right. <laughs> right. Right. We're here. <laughs> we can touch us. We can know. We are, we can be in touch with being. Okay? Right. But now, so being is an energy. In grade school or high school, we learn, what about energy? Number one, it's indivisible. Yes. Or two, it's indestructible, right? Mm
0: -hmm. If it
1: is indivisible, it is everywhere. If it's indestructible, it is all the time. Yes, never. So energy, energy is known to be everywhere all the time. Right. Everything that exists. Everything that is being is due to the power to be. Yes. Without the power to be, you would not be. Right. So without that energy of being, you wouldn't be, but you are that, thus you be that, right?
0: Yes, yes. Now,
1: yes. so but if you are that energy, that there's no if about that. Being that power of being, you are power that is. Indivisible. Yes. That means it's all interconnected. Ah, oh, that has good. So it's all interconnected, and it's never-ending, because it's indestructible.
0: Yes, and we're part of it. What came up for me when you said that, now, too, is... No, we are it. Yes, yes, okay, yes.
1: We're an <laughs> integral part of it, and we are, we are the, yes. the wholeness yes. of it.
0: Yes, because... Something that's also been coming up for me lately is the feeling of separation, um, for various... isolation, yeah. separation. Yes, and yes. so being reminded that we are the energy and we are of it is. Yes, and for me, this how I experience this is: I feel it internally. I feel another layer of relaxing into it. I feel another release of uh, maybe this feeling of having in feeling like I had to control something, but I didn't know what it was I had to control. In our conversation today, talking about this, it's helped me release, it feels like layers of this internal control that I was trying to put upon myself, but I'm not sure really what I was trying to control. I don't know if that makes sense. Very
1: good. You, you just bring up the most wonderful points. <laughs> <laughs> really. Uh, but i love the way that you're working within yourself that that's how you do it
0: yeah you know yeah
1: Uh, okay so what you're talking about the you don't need to control you need do not need to control that you are like i said earlier right you've always been being and always will be being even without the body because it's not dependent upon the body or the mind because being is an energy that always persists just the way it expresses itself keeps on changing right yes you know it's just like our weather keeps on changing but in general it's weather right <laughs> you know right. Yeah. being keeps on changing the way it it expresses itself through phenomena through events through creatures including ourselves but we're always just being
0: right being and
1: the ab- being has inherent to it the ability to experience itself being How do I know here again, pose the opposite what would it be like if all of this beingness were not able to experience itself being? it would be just nonsense right 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 So the experience of being being able to experience being and being are uh, inseparable. Now, the experience of being is what we call consciousness. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, consciousness, in spite of the behaviors of a lot of our population, consciousness and being are the are one. They're inseparable. Yes. So this is inherent to you that you are consciousness. Thus, the things that well, I I love the way you say relaxing into it. Yeah. Yeah. Because. All you need to do is start being aware of yourself being and relax. This is a fact, get into it, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. Accept
1: it, accept yourself being. Yes. And then instead of the sensations of fear and anxiety and so on that you have in the non-being identity, Mm -hmm. here now you have an identity where you can relax, you can trust, you can be at peace, you don't have to constantly have the irritation of wanting something and getting it and wanting more and so on and so on you yeah. can just relax into the enjoyment of the experience of being
0: yes and again for me it feels like the internal conflict of usually the the chattering mind right the that i would associate yeah. as maybe i i would have previously identified as my being, because that would have been, but again, that's why we have these conversations to learn. And, and I can see now that that's not my, that's not me. And being able to understand that. And as you say, experience it for me, it's a complete, even I could feel my stomach unclench <laughs> that I didn't Wonderful. even know was clenched.
1: <laughs> Such a relief, right? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is.
1: So now imagine, Okay. So this might be in this moment, momentary experience, because we're talking about it, but you can cultivate that.
0: Yeah, yeah. You
1: can cultivate the state. And to me, the state of living being that you are is like, that's what it's about. That's what you're meant for, Mm -hmm. okay? Right. And so to live being that you are with acceptance, of your understanding of that and then living it and experiencing it that is called meditation Mm. so for for meditation we just set aside a special um it's almost like an intention we set aside to be in that without any other distractions uh pulling us to something else
0: right right and
1: eventually you can stay be in that and enjoy it so much that the inherent thing is to be in it all the time. Yeah. Because we don't want to just be aware of being while we're sitting there for an hour and then the rest of the time be absent to ourselves and disregard ourselves and throw ourselves away again. No, we want to be that way all the time, Right. even while we're at work, even while we're playing, even while we're resting or watching TV or eating dinner. Brushing your teeth, you can be in the awareness of being. And while you're engaged in your activities, you relate to them as a way of expressing being that you are. Isn't yes. that wonderful?
0: It is. That doesn't
1: sound so hard,
0: does it? No, it doesn't. And it, it doesn't sound, uh, it, it it's, not, it's completely doable. And it's, it I love that. You bringing that up about, we can do this in our everyday lives. Cause that was the challenge I wanted to leave with the listeners for today, because unfortunately we're coming up on our time and I know we could again, talk for hours, oh, no, but we'll be back on it next <laughs> <laughs> I know it does, but the, I love that, that ch- I would like to challenge the listeners and myself for the next month to think about that, how they can think about being and how they can carry that into everyday life and see what changes that brings.
1: Yeah, allow me uh, to modify what you're saying. Very good point. Very good idea. Excellent. Uh, Just don't limit it to thinking about it. Experience Experience about it. it. Which means simply just to involve all you've got.
0: Yeah. So
1: it means you're becoming a little subtler with yourself. Yeah. And more inclusive of all you've got. Yeah. Because you've got it. Right. Every one of... Every one of us has got what we need to be able to do this because it's inherent to us. It's only acknowledging and experiencing and living what we already are.
0: I love it. this was such an amazing conversation. It felt like it was five minutes. (laughs) It went so fast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised when you said that.
0: (laughs) I know we're coming on time. I know it didn't seem like it. But Earhart, again, I want to thank you for joining me this week. Um, This has been an amazing conversation. Is there any last closing thoughts you'd like to leave with the listeners today?
1: Find yourself sufficiently valuable to give yourself that attention and that i guess it's not really work but it's like you know it doesn't happen by itself right you need to value yourself enough to direct your attention and your energies towards that
0: yes i love that, that.
1: living true to yourself yes. living loving yourself Yes. and living the interconnectedness of yourself with all and next time i think i'd like to talk about The results of that interconnectedness, because of, you mentioned the word isolation, that is so prevailing in our society and causes so much pain and so much
0: suffering. Yes, that's for sure. We'll definitely continue that on next month's conversation. My guest this week has been Erhard Vogel, author of A Dialogue with Death, The Teacher of Life, An Ancient Story for the Modern World. I'll be sure to include links to, so you can contact Earhart and get his book in the show notes. You've been listening to the create what you speak podcast brought to you by webtalkradio.net. You can also hear the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple podcasts, and your favorite podcasting platform. I'm Sloan Fremont. I hope you'll join me for the next episode of the create what you speak podcast.